Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is December 6th, 2022. And our first story, let's get a little personal. You may have heard that some crazy people broke into my house. Uh, a bullet is now lodged in the kitchen of that house because we have armed guards. But the threats are getting serious. A family member received some kind of weird threatening phone call. I'm going to play for you. I don't like to, to focus on these stories about my personal life, but I do think this is politically relevant based on Elon Musk saying he fears for his life and the dramatic escalation in violence, crime and political tensions in this country. Perhaps I can't just ignore what's happening to me as it is a component of the escalation. In our next story, Keith Olbermann calls for the military rendition of Donald Trump. Yeah, a lot of escalation. And in our last segment, we'll tone it down a little bit. Woke activists are angry. They say the show Wednesday is racist because black characters in the show are bullies. It's all silly, but maybe we can lighten the tone a little bit in the last portion of the show. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. I was browsing Twitter and I came across this uh, this this crazy tweet. Apparently a gas station owner in I think it's Philadelphia. I got the tweet. I'll pull it up in a second. Hired private security guards to stand outside of his gas station. These aren't your normal dudes wearing like a collared short sleeve shirt with like a Securitas thing on it, waving at people. These are dudes in armor with rifles standing around. That's how bad it's gotten. I saw that. Thought about the things that we're going through here. And uh, man, in the past few months, I mean, really longer than that, it's felt like social cohesion is just gone. Law enforcement is just gone. And I made this argument yesterday when I was talking about how Elon Musk fears or, or at least believes the threat of assassination against him is very high. I certainly would agree with that. And I'm here to talk to you about the dramatic escalation of things and go a little bit more in detail. Before you, I have this article from yesterday. Following wave of threats and public doxing, Tim Pool's house burglarized, shots fired. New information has come to light, and I now believe that the incident was likely a targeted political incident, and I'll explain why. But uh, you know what I want to point out? I don't, I don't often do videos directly about me as the story, and we did yesterday a segment, but uh, more information and another incident occurred today. And I said, OK, you know what? Let's talk about it. This news needs to happen. I'm getting advice from everyone saying, just sh- shut up, Tim. Shut up. Don't tell anyone. Why? 
Serious question why? I'm going to play a recording for you that we received today. So, you know, my, my I, I, this recording comes in and it's a weird thread. I don't even know what you want to call it. It's not the craziest thing, but I'm getting mixed reactions from some people are saying it's really creepy and spooky. Some people are saying like, I don't know, it's not that big of a deal. And I was like, well, I'll play it. I'll play it. And I'm being told by people like, don't share it. Don't let people know what's happening. And my question, honestly, is why? You know, it's funny. We have this story from the New York Times, how a faction of the Republican Party enables political violence. You want to know why that narrative persists? Because people on the right keep saying, don't tell anybody when these things are happening. Don't tell anybody. No, tell everybody. Just say it. It's not going to make it stop. Like avoiding the subject has done nothing for us at all. And I think maybe we need an inverse reaction of telling everyone exactly what happens when you show up to my house. Now, I wasn't there. You heard me tell the story the other day. Today, we got new information. Another person showed up. Some people, you know, some people are are saying it's a very serious security threat. Others are saying it's nothing, but it all is something. And it's 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 overbearing, I guess. Then a family member received a threatening phone call, the gist of which is saying that I should get out of town. I can't call people groomers and that I have to pay this person in Bitcoin. They didn't leave a Bitcoin address. It was a phone voicemail. So um, I don't necessarily take individual things like this seriously. You know, and, and again, in a few moments, I'll play the recording for you so you can hear it for yourself. Uh, you know, I hear this thing and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Been there, done that. But admittedly, over the past month, things have dramatically escalated. And it got to the point where it's, it's quite serious now. I mentioned this. The far left has been doxing me, uh, uh, trying to for some time. The address they're posting is not the address I live. In one instance, they posted the photo of a house, which is not my house. I should say this, not a house I live in. I'll put it that way. You understand what I mean, basically. They don't know where I actually live. Some people do. Some people have tried leaking the address. There have been swattings there. It happens. Today, I got word that someone showed up to one of, uh, one of my properties, a place I don't live, and I believe it's likely because of the doxing, and they, they, they could have died. Again, a day after a burglary and a bullet lodged in my kitchen. Some people have responded saying, you know, uh, the, the person who showed up, they said they were a fan, they were a fan. And uh, someone responded on Twitter saying, no, it's a perimeter check. Right, of course, of course. You know, we have security. Everybody's armed. So I'm not that concerned, uh, but it is an issue. I should say I'm not immediately worried because the reality is nobody really knows where I am. Like they keep doxing all these addresses and they're all wrong. Like as if we're dumb and we don't understand security. But the point of this segment is, I guess, you know, it's time to start highlighting it and, and saying this is happening. Okay. And I would recommend to whatever degree possible, other people who are getting these threats, start telling people they're happening. Because if we're going to sit back and let the New York Times just consistently say the narrative is only ever the left is in danger from the right. And I know to the right, I'm a liberal and to the left, I'm a conservative. My point is in the culture war, there is the libertarian and right faction and there is the, the authoritarian left faction. I'm certainly not on that side. But as long as that's the narrative that the right is the dangerous one. No, how about we do this? 
How about I explicitly show you a harassing phone call received by a family member? Because apparently I called some people groomers. Yeah, they don't like that, do they? This is the nature of modern politics. And my view is that law enforcement doesn't exist. Clearly, police are around. Okay, police exist. Law enforcement doesn't. It's private security or nothing. And then I'll show you the video. Talk about some of the crazier things that are happening. So let me let me do this. I'll start with um, very quick context on this. And then I'm going to play the recording for you so you can hear it and tell you what's been going on here. Support our work over at TimCast.com. If you uh, like to become a member, you go to TimCast.com, click that Join Us button. You'll get uncensored members-only segments, as well as the other shows we're producing. And I must stress, security is very expensive. And we've recently had to pay for a lot of security. And man, maybe that's the goal. The goal is to eat away at our resources to the best of their ability through a distributed denial of business. And what I mean is by that is death by a thousand cuts. No individual incident can be stopped. The police, and, and, and this is not just about me. This is about everybody. When you have 10,000 people going into stores in a big city and just grabbing whatever they want, the cops can't do anything about it. It's a distributed, it's distributed crime. There's so much small crime, nothing can be done to stop it. And that's where we're headed. So if I get a phone call from someone and it's only somewhat harassing, the police are like, well, we can't really do anything to go after that person because it's such a minor thing. But what happens when you're getting dozens, you know, or hundreds? Now it's causing you substantial damage, but none of it rises enough to the level where any law enforcement wants to spend money to deal with it. It's not just about what's happening to us, because I've heard this quite a bit in other areas. So here's the story. Uh, We talked about a bit on Timcast IRL last night. Shots fired in my house, bullet lodged in my kitchen. I was not there. I'll, I'll come back and talk to you about the strange nature of this. But the first thing I want to do is I want to show you this. I, 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 this is a, a tweet that I put up. A random person just showed up to one of my properties claiming to be a fan. Good way to get shot. Hell of a week, I'd say. The threat from earlier seems to be some fake, we- weird fake thing about how I have to leave town, stop calling people groomers, and pay them. I'm going to play for you the recording. I will not do this uh, uh, for most of the recordings we receive for obvious reasons. Um... Let me let me say this before I before I play it. The first thing I was told when we got swatted back in January was not to say anything because it will only encourage it. But the police walked on camera and then left. And we were like, "Whoa, we have armed guards. We have other means of security, too. I won't mention. Um, And it's and it's basically solved the entirety of the problem. To a great degree, most of this has been, I suppose it, it, it is contained to a certain degree, but it's still happening. And so people keep saying to me, don't tell anyone because it'll only make it worse, when in fact, it's only actually gotten worse, despite the fact we've stopped talking about it. No, perhaps that advice is bad advice. Perhaps the real advice is we should highlight it so people can understand. I do understand, however, playing an audio clip of some guy's voice may, um, in a sense, encourage people to make more calls like this. So I will stress I'm not going to play every single one, but I do think it's worth giving people an example of what is happening and what it's like. Let me play for you this clip so you can hear, and then we'll discuss. Here we go. Probably take a second to, uh, to begin. So, Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. 
Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Hey, Tim, this is uh, Jimmy. I just wanted to say uh, you got to pay me what you owe me. Uh, please, you've got to get out of Harper's Ferry. Uh, you don't... Uh, you can't be saying there's groomers. You can't be saying there's all this and that. You got to pay me, Timmy. 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 Timmy, you got to pay me, Timmy. Timmy. Thanks, Timmy. You got to pay me. Bitcoin, Timmy. To replay. So, what do you think? Comment below. Let me know what you think. Now, me personally... Um, I don't know. I'm probably a crazy person, right? I got, I get all of this and that. I get some people uh, accusing me of being like callous and emotionless. Others saying that I'm clearly breaking down emotionally and too stressed. And I'm sitting back here, uh, armed to the teeth, just being like another day, another day ending in Y. Granted, I understand it's been worse, but let me tell you, my friends, my family members are not too happy about this. They're not the same as me. Probably the reason that I find myself in this position that I am in terms of business and in terms of the follower count and all that stuff, it's probably because something's a little off about me in, in, in terms of uh, my willingness to confront things like this. You know, the, the average person does not want to enter the fray where they're getting phone calls like that, not the worst phone call I've ever received, or that they're being threatened in any way. Me, I'm kind of just like, you know, I kind of feel like Having been in Egypt and watched people die, having seen catastrophic injuries, this phone call ain't doing anything for me. But it does bother my family. And I'll tell you why they do it. First of all, they don't want the crimes to rise to the occasion. They don't want to come out with any kind of threat or direct statement that re results in a serious federal intervention or state level intervention. This phone call doesn't explicitly say much. Pay me. Pay you what? Who are you? Now, of course, it does sound like extortion. I'm threatening you. You can't talk about these things. You better leave town. Pay me, pay me, pay me in Bitcoin. I don't know what this, who this person is. I don't know. I, I don't know anybody named Jimmy, to be completely honest. And uh, there's no Bitcoin address. So it doesn't seem real. But it certainly does piss off and freak out family members. The goal of these things is to get agitated family members to then put stresses on me. Certainly, it's not stressful for me to hear something like that. It is stressful for a family member, and it's more stressful when a family member comes to me in distress. Granted, still, doesn't rise to the occasion for me. It is kind of annoying. Then, at the same time, what happened this morning? 
I got word that someone pulled up to one of our properties and started booping about, whatever, you know, and was warned by one of our armed staff members because we have armed guards everywhere. Let me just warn you that you can't be on this property and to leave. Now, this individual claimed to be a fan who just wanted to to support lies. As this one user, what is it? It's a equal loafer. I don't know. Says it was a test of the outer perimeter and an intel collector head in a swivel. Perhaps, perhaps it's paranoia. Doesn't matter either way. We treat all of it the exact same way. If you show, if you show up to the property and you cross the barrier, you are that's felony burglary. And we have armed guards all over the place. And that's not the half of our security measures. So when so, so when I said the other day, I'll tell you the story that someone broke in. I'll just, uh, you know, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I've been very uh, loose on um, the uh, when I've been very loose in the details, but uh, the details were published on our website, TimCast.com. So I'll read them for you. The burglary that happened at it's my house, um, but for obvious reasons, I don't stay in any easily identified location for these people. I'm sure there are higher level people who generally know where I am, but it's the average lunatic that we're really worried about. I'm not scared of Antifa. I'm not scared of far left psychopaths or whoever made this phone call. What I am scared about is the crazy guy who thinks that I stole all of the spoons and I've placed them on the moon. And the only way to get them back is to, you know, build a rocket ship. But they're going to have to come and question me on where exactly which crater I put the spoons in. Right. Something clearly nonsensical and insane. Here's the story. An employee of Timcast who wishes to remain anonymous was present when two men broke the kitchen window at the house and climbed inside. I woke up to the sound of glass breaking, the employee said. I had a gun. I got a gun ready and called 911. The employee went to the kitchen to confront the burglars and let it be known that he was armed. He said that as he was walking through the hallway, he could hear the intruders talking, but they were not coming toward him. I was going out into the kitchen to confront them. I announced myself before I turned the corner. When they did not retreat or explain themselves, he shot at them. Neither of the men got hit, but a bullet was left lodged in the kitchen island. The duo jumped out the window and sped off in their vehicle. In their panic, one of the perpetrators dropped a wallet with identification inside. The employee believes that it may have been stolen and did not appear to belong to either of the people who were in the building. Now, that was very, very strange to us. How does that happen? It was a wallet with nothing but a simple ID and a name on it. The police took the name. The reason the employee believes that it was not real is because why? Because apparently the wallet was out with the ID next to it. Okay, here's a possibility. The guy's broke in and the guy was carrying his wallet. Something's very stupid to do if you're targeting a building. No, um, we don't know exactly what it is. There's a bunch of theories. Maybe they're trying to frame somebody. I don't know. I don't know what what, what their goal was here with with a, a, a wallet with a single ID. But the employee said he didn't didn't think the ID matched who the people were based on what they looked like or whatever. He didn't get a good view of them. But clearly from the ID, he doesn't think it was them. And it's also very strange that someone would break in and then just leave behind an empty wallet with an ID. I mean, the whole thing is strange. Like even if you're trying to do a frame up job, you'd have stuff in the wallet like business cards and maybe some cash, not just an empty wallet. It makes no sense. No idea. It's not clear if anything was stolen, but the employee does not believe they had time to get anything. The popular podcaster has also been the target of multiple swattings this year at his Maryland studio. That's right. Just last night at 9 p.m. during the show, we were swatted again. 
intercepted by our security team. Now, let me let me just stress for you guys, for people who don't understand. When we get swatted. People seem to think that like a SWAT team kicks the door and runs in with their guns waving around. Now, that was the first time and not really. No, the first time we got swatted, we had uh, police show up, guns drawn. We had an employee was outside. Put your hands up. They came out, quickly assessed the situation and said, "Okay, this appears to be fake. Decided to sweep the building anyway, even though we said do not enter. They were like, well, we have no choice. Exigent circumstances, which is not true. They didn't have any evidence to suggest that was the case. After the next few times, same similar things would happen, but they were less freaked out. When my private residence um, in West Virginia was first swatted, they showed up with rifles drawn and they went to the, the windows and they looked inside, realizing that there was literally nobody inside. They were like, OK, this has got to be a false alarm. We got uh, I posted on Instagram an image uh, of one of the officers, slightly uh, low, low quality grainy. We, we, we don't show his face, but you can just see the officer outside with the rifle. Since then, since the past few times, what happens now is poli- armed police factions show up very, very quickly. They know the drill. They, they do standard procedure, are greeted by they contact our private security company. Security greets them. They do a basic uh, check and then give them a thumbs up and peace out. I can't believe the police are still entertaining all of this in the sense that they've not stopped it from happening. They're just like, here we go again. We have an ongoing joke, like maybe we should have donuts ready and just, you know, uh, uh, maybe some donuts, coffee, maybe pizza or wings. So when they do invariably have to come back out again, at the very least, we can treat them to a delicious meal saying thank you for continually responding. There's a couple ideas pertaining to why this is happening. One, chaos and confusion. The first goal is when people show up that claim to be fans, as the one individual mentioned, it's a perimeter check. That the idea is they can gain as much intel as possible and then just say, I'm a harmless old little old fan. Okay. What can you do? It's trespass. Well, we are going to start having these people criminally charged with burglary. Uh, it's a felony. We've set up, uh, I'll put it simply, I don't want to say too much for the sake of security, but we have lined up, we have talked with the the law, cops and private security, and we are now prepped. If anyone enters the property, we have set the legal standard. It is felony burglary at this point. Simply, and I'm I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the physical grass that we have. You step foot on the grass. I'm not going to get into specifics. Felony burglary. People think burglary means you stole something. No, it means you, 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 uh, I want, I, it means you entered property knowingly without permission. That's not even trespass. It's burglary. It, you, read the law. Okay. We, we've, we've been dealing this with, uh, dealing with it quite a bit. The goal is with the chaos and confusion, make it very hard for us to try and figure out what's going on and to waste our resources so that we can't expand the company. We want to, what what do I want to do? I want to invest money in uh, hiring more people, doing more shows and making shows better. We're uh, about a year into the three shows that we've started, Cast Castle, Inverted World and Pop Culture Crisis. It takes time. We're not just dumping money in a Hollywood producer. In fact, we quite, we don't quite have the resource to do something like that. We want to. So we're just going to start building things. We're going to get better at things and we're going to grow as we can. But it's, it's starting to pick up Chicken City. Hey man, that's a moneymaker right there. Chicken City, very simple show, just a live stream of chickens. But it's a resource drain. It's chaos and confusion. 
And they're trying to make it harder for us to do our job. Another thing they're trying to do is make sure that certain people won't come on the show out of fear. I will say, to a minor degree, it's worked. There's a couple of people who have been like, I'm very concerned about security, and so he won't come. Now, that's mostly been rectified. We, we basically just say, like, we have armed guards and other security measures. And when we inform them of our security measures, they go, oh, wow. In fact, I tell them, you're probably safer here than your own home because we are taking this seriously. But that also means that there's a drag on our resources, a drag on our resources as the result of the ongoing harassment. That's the goal. You know, and so it's so it's it's interesting, right? I, it, well, what is it? Are they trying to make me stop doing my thing? Because I, I don't see how that does. They got a problem. And as I, what I mean by they, it's the far left extremists and the establishment actors, probably some element of inter- intelligence agencies or something like that. Hey, why is it the FBI isn't solving this interstate problem? Well, I know I kind of rag on them quite a bit. I know they're good agents. Um, we, we've obviously had some of this information passed along to local agents. Local agents aren't bad. I've actually been reached out to by some agents and they're like, bro, I'm telling you, like, we would love to figure this one out. And what I'm told is underfunded, understaffed and the DC area, this jurisdiction, it's corrupt as corrupt can get. Not everybody that I get. So here we are trying to deal with, uh, uh, with these issues with, um, you know, far leftists desperately wanting me to stop. But as I stated, they have a problem and that problem is, Man, I ain't got no kids. Oof, that's a rough one. I hear this from conservatives all the time. Why won't you have children, Tim? Well, you know, I'm not going to talk about it. It's none of your business. And uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, don't assume positively or negatively in either direction. Uh, I'm just not talking about it. And I'm talking about it because family is the point of coercion used to manipulate politics and the sphere. How is it that Antifa is able to get away with what they do without fear of law enforcement? Well, they don't have kids. They have no families. They have nothing to lose. If they get locked up, that's what do they care? Now, what about your average middle class American or family man or woman? I can't do it, Tim. I'm sorry. I have kids. I hear it all the time. People say, I wish I could, could fight the good fight. I wish I could move. I wish I could stand up, but I have kids. You see, that's the point. That is the attack vector. Uh-oh. I don't. Ugh. 36-year-old former, uh, you know, disaffected liberal urban type also doesn't have kids. What do they do? That's why I showed you that message. They go for the family. They're trying to bring stresses upon me to freak me out. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe that's the problem you guys are having with with trying to shut me down. These far-left extremists, the establishment, maybe some, some government actors. How do you stop a guy when all he does is have a work computer, he reads news on the internet, talks to people, and doesn't have kids? Well, you can drain his resources. You can try try and freak his family out. That doesn't appear to be working. It's obvious, guys. You know, how, you just gotta, maybe, maybe I win the lottery, and then I just, why would I want, you know, maybe I win the lottery, and then buy a lot of, hey, how about that? Here's what I'll do. I'm gonna write down the lotto numbers that I'm gonna pick next week. I'm gonna put them outside by the trash, and then on Saturday, I'll buy those Powerball, I'm kidding. It's a joke I made on IRL. I was like, just needs enough, need need enough money, and then, no. I don't know, man. I just kind of sit here and do my thing. But of course, it's escalated to a rather absurd degree, and we're here. So I have a few options. Ignore it and just keep talking about things that are going on. Call it out. 
some people are saying calling it up makes it worse. I'm like, yeah, well, not doing anything certainly hasn't done anything. So it's only gotten worse. So whatever, man. And maybe this is the news. AOC makes up a fake story. Where is she? Where is she? Story was fake. Not only was she not in the Capitol, but her story took place an hour before the building even got breached. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Maybe we need to start telling people this stuff is happening. Maybe we need to, we need to scream, the far left, they're crazy. Because they are. They're extremists. You heard the message. The guy says, I can't be calling people groomers. Oh, no, the pedos are mad at me. Bro, I don't care about what you think. You can threaten me all you want. You can harass everybody. I'm still going to say the groomers are, are, are evil people. Then they come out, they do this thing. They're like, Tim says all LGBT people are groomers. Nice try, groomer, bro. No, I'm not. We have tons of people come on the show and say just the opposite. Groomer, the word, does not in any way refer to LGBTQ people because groomers can come from any place and any background. And I got no issue with the LGBTQ people. Have them on the show. We hang out with them. Blair White mentioned that we've had her on the show several times. She never even talked about trans issues. And I was like, well, you're a political commentator. We talk news. You're here because you're a prominent individual with opinions and we're interested in those. You are not just because you're trans or something. That's the narrative they try. They try to capitalize on it because they're trying to protect pedos. Luke had an interesting idea. I think it was Luke that um, when the Epstein stuff started getting uncovered, they started panicking and then thinking, we, you know, they better dump tons of resources into uh, normalizing this behavior. Well, you know, look, I don't care. I mean, look at Jenk Uger freaking out, losing his mind. It's weird, isn't it? So I, I showed you this point already. I don't need to get into the whole article from November, how a faction of the Republican Party enables political violence. Fox News called it out and said, New York Times argues the Republican Party enables political violence, downplays left-wing attacks. The FBI revealed 70% of abortion-related attacks were against pregnancy centers. That's right. And what happens? The FBI arrests pro-life uh, protesters, and they ignore the far left when the far left is committing crimes at, by protesting in front of justices' homes. You can't protest in front of a judge's house. And then the left says, you don't believe in the First Amendment. Don't care about your opinion, dude. I care about principles. You're not going to convince me that my principles are in defiance of myself. That's stupid. You know, I tweeted a poll. Should I sue the, per the, the, the person defaming me on YouTube? And all these leftists are like, Tube doesn't believe in free speech. He's going to sue people who are defaming him and causing damage to his business and, and, and personal life. Yeah, that's not free speech. Free speech is the ability to express your political opinions free from fear of, of, of being beaten. Now, the U.S. historically has cherished to a, to a certain degree free speech, but not always. Not always. There was a period where you couldn't yell fire in a crowded theater. And then they said, hey, actually, I think it was Brandenburg v. v Ohio. Actually, you can. That's a bad ruling. But uh, this, 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 this country was very puritanical. You couldn't say naughty words. You'd get arrested for obscenity. George Carlin got arrested. It was like the 70s. So free speech has, has been tolerated to varying degrees. I don't think defamation, slander, and libel are free speech. 
and you can't tweet at me, Tim doesn't believe in free speech because he opposes these things. I'll be like, I don't care about your opinion, dude. You're not relevant to my life. My views and my content is not swayed by your nonsense. I talk about what I feel like talking about today. I kind of said, look, this is, this is a lot to happen in the past week. Let's talk about it. I've had people say, don't reveal those, those recordings. Eh, whatever, dude. It is life. Life is real, okay? I've been told over and over again. It's like, well, maybe there's some things you shouldn't reveal because, you know, you got to let law enforcement do their job. And it's like, okay, yeah, to, to, to certain degrees, I agree with that. To a greater degree, I don't see law enforcement doing anything in the past year. Hey, where's the phone call? Where's the email? I've, there, there's, there's one department that I've been working with and that I, I appreciate their support. I'm not going to name them. I don't want to draw any uh, attention to specific individuals who I think are doing a good job and who have been genuinely trying to help. The issue is information is traveling faster uh, than the government can respond. So they can't actually do anything. With the speed of spread of information, what we have, you, 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 what we have going on right now is a national digital riot. When a riot happens, the only thing the police can do is declare an unlawful assembly and then try and round people up and fire tear gas and things like that. How do you deal with a digital riot? I mean, what do you do? Do you just ban networks of people or suspend a network of accounts to try and stop it? No one's committing any violent crimes. If they're advocating violence, you do. But what happens is someone puts out a call. They said on Twitter that, like, I shouldn't be allowed to live or whatever. And it's like, I got to be honest, man, like all the security stuff that I have, if it's the price to pay. Like, it is what it is. This is life. This is what life is. Y'all aren't actually having that big of an impact on me. I do, however, think that what needs to happen is people need to be made aware of what comes with the territory and what is currently happening. So let me elaborate. They're trying to stress my family out. They're hoping that uh, the extremists, you see what I'm doing there. The extremists are hoping that my family will pressure me into quitting, saying I can't deal with this. Oh, I can't do it anymore or something like that. No, it's not going to, I'm not, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to quit, you know, but this, the the reason why I want to talk about this and highlight it is because of the bigger picture. This is what is currently happening in America. Jason Martinez tweets, a North Philly owner says he's had enough violent crime at his gas station, so he's hired these guys to protect his customers and store. Does this make you feel safer or uncomfortable? I mean, me? Makes me feel safer, to be completely honest. This dude looks awesome. I don't know what kind of weapon that is. Can you guys, that's, a, that's an AR-style pistol. 9mm, it looks like. You guys know better than I do. Uh, he's got a sidearm. I dig it. Is it just one guy? No, I think there's more than one guy here. Maybe, yeah, okay, more than one guy here. That guy, what does he got? Looks like he's got like an AR or something. I can't tell. But there's a, there's the one guy. Looks like a... Okay, so that, I don't know what that one is. Oh, okay, that's a... That looked like a 9mm. I'm not sure, I'm not sure. I, I, you, you, look, I'm going to say you guys in the comments watching this, you probably know way better than me. I'd, uh, I'd imagine that might be a shotgun. That might be a bullpup shotgun. What do you guys think? Uh, good trigger discipline there, my friend. He's, you know, he's, he's got a finger off the trigger. Um, we got a bunch of weapons. We're, we're armed to the teeth. And uh, Doriano uh, Paisano Carta responded with gives a whole new meaning to unleaded. Sadly, this is what it's come to with Democrat cities. Bravo. That was a good one. That was a good one. This is what's happening. This is real life. Crime is insane. Take a look at this story from the Post Millennial. Barber shot dead while cutting eight-year-old boy's hair in Washington state. Why? Here we go. Here's another one. 
fire breaks out in West Virginia food processing plant. Shout out to uh, the POSO ad that popped up on the Postmonial website. Just a fire? Maybe. Fire in a boiler room, these things happen. But we're hearing more and more stories where people are starting to feel like it's sabotage, like in North Carolina. Here's, here's what I think. I think we're in a civil war. It's just not what you expected it to be. It's not two factions marching uh, you know, against each other. It's not people in the South being like, oh, those people in the North. It is the complete collapse of social cohesion, the inability of the federal government to do anything. It is the raw exercise of power in every direction, and it is escalating. There are people who believe it's not happening. There are people who just don't realize it is happening, but it's happening. Ask yourself why it is that after a year, it's been a year, we've been getting swatted on average more than once per month with the bomb squad being deployed now three times. The studio actually being evacuated due to a credible threat. Dogs being deployed. Uh, People showing up. Burglary charges. uh, Now a nine millimeter bullet lodged in my kitchen. Where's any indictment? Where's any arrest? Well, here's the reality. They are either incapable or unwilling to do anything about it. I will stress there are some law enforcement officers that I am am working with that I genuinely believe are trying to do what they can. But then the ability is unable because of jurisdiction. That's the reality. The federal government is unable and unwilling, in my opinion, to do do anything about this. Let's go back to the summer of love. Riots in front of the White House. President forced in the bunker. No response. Let's go back to uh, Portland and Seattle. Mass vandalism, far left extremists taking over portions of their cities. And people said, no, there's not gonna be a civil war. I'm like, dude, far left extremists in Seattle took over a portion of their city, unloaded hundreds of rounds into an SUV. I believe they killed a teenager, almost another one. Maybe it killed them both. Three, I think three people were shot and killed in the, in the, in the Chaz. And they're just letting that happen. Incredible. Armed factions are running amok. And there is either an unwillingness or an uh, inability to do anything about it. You take a look at what's happening here. You take a look at what's happening with Marjorie Taylor Greene. You take a look at what's happening with what we know with like the Twitter files release, with the FBI going to Facebook and Twitter and and instructing them uh, of coming hacked materials related to Hunter Biden. And then what do they do? Oh, it just so happens they then delete the content, bar the stories. It is the raw exercise of power. And this is where it comes to. Gas station can't rely on police anymore. So they hire private police, private security with rifles. A bullpup. I think that might be a shotgun. I think that might be a shotgun. Um, and, and if you want to buy gas, that's the reality. That's what it's like in cities. You know, I've been I've been to a few big cities. I've had these leftists being like, Tim should never be allowed to go to I was in New York not even that long ago, walking around. Like not no 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 issues, man. But Elon's not wrong. It's really easy to kill somebody. Maybe you live in DC and you're like walking down the street and then someone kills you and they claim it was a botched robbery despite the fact that nothing was taken from you. Maybe you eat some bad food and uh, you have an allergic reaction. Maybe you're flying in a private flight and oh no, the plane crashed. Maybe it's uh, you have a heart attack and die suddenly. We talked about it last night in the church hearings. They revealed that uh, the U.S. has a heart attack gun. It shoots a dart of frozen shellfish toxin, 
which then enters the bloodstream, killing you and leaves no trace. They have ways. You know, as the story goes, they moved away from direct assassination because it creates martyrs and immortalizes the individual at at their peak. So what they've gone for now, and again, this is as the story goes, uh, is character assassination like Julian Assange. Keep him locked up. Don't let him work and accuse him of, of horrible things. You know, it's not working. Julian Assange is uh, he's a good guy. Not perfect. Nobody is. He's a journalist. That's really what he is. They try to assassinate his character. Doesn't work. We have the Internet. We can communicate. So you're failing. Cohesion is breaking down. And the only thing the extremists and the establishment have accomplished is the destruction of this country. But I got to be honest, maybe that was the point. You want to usher in some kind of global uh, authority? You got to break down freedom-loving people. I don't know if that's the plan or, or what the plan is, but it's what's happening. So let me stress this point again, right? We're getting by just fine. Where we work is probably safer than your house. I mean, do you have armed guards guarding you? The worst thing that's happened, what? Annoying, harassing phone calls, threats that never pan out, and creepos trying to show up to the property. I suppose the worst thing is people breaking into the property. I believe that was targeted because um, I can't give away too much information for security reasons and potential law enforcement reasons. But considering the fact that law enforcement's in a, uh, unable to, to do anything about it, there was a previous incident that took place, which leads us to believe that it was targeted. So um, probably not some random attack in West Virginia, probably a targeted incident where it was politically motivated. I think that the individuals did not believe when I said we have armed guards everywhere and more. They're lucky that the only thing they encountered was the, uh, the individual they did. But I'm, I'm willing to bet that these people probably assumed that it was bluster. And so they thought they could show up and who knows what they were trying to do. I know, a wallet with an ID in it? It's weird, right? Frame job or something? I don't know. And then, uh-oh, surprise, surprise. I'm telling the truth when I say that uh, this stuff's happening. I tell the truth when I say that there are armed individuals ready and willing to keep us safe. So my only warning is this. Stay away from the properties. It is not smart to come here. I said it before and I'll say it again. The guys that we have here, former intelligence, former military, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're not going to ask questions. We have active death threats. You show up on the property, you are risking your life unless you have clear authority. See, when we invite people to come, our security guards know. And we, they know who to look for and they know what to look for. But random people showing up. But I'll leave it at that, my friends. Welcome to the fray. It's going to be a whole lot of fun moving forward, I guess will only get worse as we enter 2023 with the primary season and then the presidential election. Will it be Trump? Will it be DeSantis? Will it be Biden? Who knows? I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash TimCastIRL. Thanks for hanging out in this much more, I don't know, self-focused and personal story. And we'll see you all over at TimCastIRL. So the media is claiming that Donald Trump called for the Constitution to be, I don't know what, terminated or something. Donald Trump, of course, is denying this. Donald Trump did say that when you have a fraudulent election, certain rules must be terminated, including some of those found in the Constitution, and then came back saying he wasn't saying get rid of the Constitution. 
who's making an interesting point. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know that he's right or wrong because Abraham Lincoln at a time of civil war suspended elements of the Constitution as well. And those elements were brought back, I guess, to a certain degree. But I'm not here to tell you about what 2020, what the election really meant and whether or not Trump should or shouldn't uh, you know, terminate elements of the Constitution to, to fix things or whatever. We'll, we'll talk about that. I'm just here to talk about the escalation of things. We have this tweet from Keith Olbermann. Now, I know, I know. Y'all know Keith Olbermann lost the plot a long time ago, but he tweeted something rather funny. He said, again, this, this is, a, I'm sorry, this is from Bad Legal Takes on Twitter. He said, again, this isn't difficult. Trump just threatened to terminate the Constitution. Send a military detachment to Mar-a-Lago, seize him, detain him in a stockade or brig, and try him in a military court. This is an open attempt at a revolution to overthrow the government. It's not. But, you know, what, what's interesting to me about all this is the current state of the culture war. And while we may sit here on our big brains, you know that meme where the, the Wojak has the brain that's so large he's sitting on it? We say, <laughs> what a silly man calling for something so silly. It will never happen. Yeah, if you had Keith Olbermann calls for the military rendition of Donald Trump on your 2022 bingo card, yeah, you probably did, actually, because Keith Olbermann's nuts and he's been saying stuff like this for a long time. OK, but if you went back in time seven or eight years and said after Donald Trump fails to retake the presidency, he will call for certain elements of the Constitution to be terminated because it, it turns out that the FBI was colluding with Facebook and Twitter to interfere in the election. In response to this, Keith Olbermann calls for the military rendition of former President Donald Trump. You'd be saying, shut up. Not even the Simpsons went that far. The Simpsons simply said, quote, or I don't know the exact quote, but Lisa Simpson says, we've inherited quite a, inherited quite a budget, uh, budget crunch from President Trump. And everybody laughed. Oh, a budget crunch from President Trump. Simpsons did not get it right. Everybody was like the Simpsons predicted the future. They got one thing right. Trump would be president. But they did not expect, I don't know, the calls for a military rendition from the sportscaster guy from what was he on MSNBC and ESPN or something. It's really amazing that we've come this far. And uh, the, the culture war is a very serious escalating thing. You know, so I want to say this, seeing this uh, nonsensical tweet. A lot of people want to point out that it's just a bad legal take and that it's silly and that it's meaningless. A lot, of, a lot of people want to point out that what Trump is saying is probably meaningless, but neither are. We are the human experience. Logic does not matter. Law does not matter. You know, I hear a lot of people say things like, that would be illegal. That's illegal. You can't do that. Oh, please. Yesterday, I mentioned at the end of the show, because I, I, I got the messages, but I, you know, I didn't read them. We were swatted last night. Again, it's like number 16 or something. I don't know. Someone broke into my house and I wasn't there. Two people did, apparently, and shots were fired. It's illegal, they say. It'll never happen, they say. It's literally happening. And the law isn't doing anything about it. January 6th. The, the, the protesters in front of the Supreme Court justices' homes, it's all illegal. They're not doing anything about it. They're arresting pro-life activists. That's why, you know, I said the other day, law enforcement doesn't exist anymore. And it's funny because people are like, swatted? Law enforcement doesn't exist? What a silly statement term. 
And I'm like, do you know what swatting is? It's 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 a call to investigate. And I don't want to give into too many details, but we have armed guards here, so nothing really gets, you know, impacts us anymore, but it's still happening. But the law is not being enforced. There was no law broken here. They showed up and said, oh, they do. They show up. That's what happens. But uh, where's where? How are they stopping the people who are doing it? They're not. They're not. Because there's no law enforcement. They cannot stop it. Keith Olbermann wants Trump to be renditioned. It's not going to happen. There's no law enforcement. Well, actually, to be fair, with the weaponization of the DOJ, that's entirely possible. But of course, that would not be adequate law enforcement. I'm going to show you this tweet from James Woods, and we'll talk about what's going on. James Woods says, I've come to the decision that social media is a collection of echo chambers, and those of the biggest bullhorns are decimating conversations of merit. It's simply too exhausting to endure, honestly. I have a wonderful life. I'm going to go enjoy it. God bless you all. Well, maybe James Woods is dipping out of the culture war conversation. We just learned the DNC was targeting him specifically with censorship because of the Twitter files. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Some say, well, actually, what's probably happening is his lawyers were like, dude, you need to stop tweeting while we enter litigation. And that's that's true. One of the reasons that I don't talk a lot about what's going on is, is litigation. You can simply look up litigation about me and things that are going on if you want to better understand it. But I don't talk about it because when you want to win, you shut your mouth. And that may be the case for James Woods. But James is, part- is a bit wrong in this regards. A collection of echo chambers. Those are the biggest bullhorns are decimating the conversations of merit. You're not wrong in that regard, James Woods. You're not wrong if you're leaving because you have a legal case pending or about to begin and you shouldn't be talking. But leaving is, is the wrong thing to do for any other reason. Some people like to say that Twitter is an echo chamber and that the real world is so different. Some people, Scott Adams said this, and Scott, Scott's been right about a lot of stuff. He has, and, but he's not, he's not right about everything. And he said he knows there's no civil war because he went outside. That's it. It's a crazy idea. You know, like you know, it's, 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 it's 1862. The, the heat of the civil war is burning across the United States. A man in Atlanta, Georgia, walks out of his house and goes, Ooh, I just want to beat up some random person. And then he walks up to his neighbor and says, Ooh, I'm going to beat you up because we're in a civil war. Why would that happen? A man in Atlanta walks out of his house and goes, there's no civil war. My neighbors are working and everything's normal, just like this. Bro, the civil war 
was not people in their own cities punching each other in the face. So when people are like, I walked outside and didn't see a civil war. I'll tell you what's really going on. James Woods, yes, you're not wrong at echo chambers. And a lot of people have tried to say to me, it's Twitter, it's not real life, blah, blah, blah. No, but it influences real life. The weaponization of the DOJ, pro-life activists being arrested. What was it, 13? The protesters in front of the Supreme Court justices' homes, not arrested, despite the fact that a man literally tried to kill one of them. Yeah. It's an information war. It's a war of cultural influence. We're seeing something interesting happen with Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter. Elon Musk buying Twitter was basically dropping a nuke in the culture war. All of a sudden now, he's shifting the narrative. Antifa's getting banned. Businesses are starting to no longer cower in fear. Now the concern is if you piss off Elon Musk, he will send the hate mob after you instead. That's the importance and the power of Twitter. It is an information war. It is a culture war. That's why the media lies about everything. It's rallying the troops and gaining influence. There was a story I saw over, on, uh, 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 over at Patriots.win. Uh, actually, no, 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 I'm sorry. This wasn't at Patriots. This was on, uh, this was just, actually, maybe it was, maybe it was. Some people were trying to eat at a restaurant in Virginia, in Richmond, and uh, I forgot the name of the restaurant, but they were told that because their organization was pro-life, they would not be served and they were not welcome there. They tried getting a reservation or something. And they were shocked and they were outraged. And they said, you know, in Colorado, when someone goes to a baker, the left screams and files lawsuits. When the right simply tries to eat food with no special uh, considerations, they're kicked out. That is the culture war. Deprive your ideological enemies of access. Do not give them food. Do not give them resources. And this is what's happening. And conservatives don't play that game. James Woods, with all due respect, says, you know what? I have a wonderful life. I'm going to go enjoy it. Man, part of me is jealous. You know what I was thinking about? I remember I was driving through, I think it was Arizona. I think it was Arizona. Maybe it was Colorado. I can't remember. No, it's got to be Arizona. And I went to this little like tourist trap UFO stand thing. Just driving, driving across the country. Man, pulling over at a rest stop. Beautiful spring air, mountain air. Grab some garbage from the vending machine and just enjoy life. Go to a little spot in the middle of nowhere where they're talking about UFOs and say, huh, maybe it was New Mexico. I don't know. New Mexico seems to have, you know, maybe. I was driving through. I don't remember. And I'm like, here I am, bunkered down in this studio, armed guards, swattings, death threats, and all that stuff. Boy, would it not be easier just to say, you know what? I don't need any of this stuff, and I never did. James Woods is saying something to that effect. You know what? Conversations of merit are being decimated. I have a wonderful life. I'm going to go enjoy it. God bless you all. James has no obligation to anybody in a certain sense. But James has the biggest obligation to everyone in the greater sense. And that's one of the reasons why I can't stop doing this. Um, we're fighting an information war. We're, we're fighting for our values desperately. We have, to a certain degree, threats of extreme violence. Like we hear, someone, someone broke into my house. There's a 9mm bullet lodged in my kitchen in the island. It's a very, very strange story. After the swatting, I believe it was probably overtly uh, political, a targeted incident. But we don't know for sure. Could have just been random. But for reasons I can't get into, I, I think it's less likely to have been random. We just don't know. 
there's reasons why it would be insane for a person to do what they did as a random, you know, if, if it was like some tweakers trying to score, they, they would not do what they did for a variety of reasons. So that's all I can really say without giving away too much details and compromising my security. But I'm sad to see James Woods go. I'm sad to see it because you have people like Keith Olbermann on the other side calling for a military rendition of Trump. We need our high profile individuals to espouse their values to reach the people and be influential. And James is saying, yo, I'm out. Man, I got to tell you, I'll say it again. Would be wonderful to just take my van, comfortable living inside with a little TV, watch movies, park in the mountains of Colorado and just with snow all around, wake up in the morning, go snowboarding or whatever, go to a skate park, sit by the fire with a hot cup of cocoa and say, you know what? The world's burning down. Why should I stress about it? Why should I? You know, so I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I can only say that things seem to be very serious, very serious. Here we go. Trump digs deeper hole with Constitution comments. They say here, what what do they say? Trump, who last week drew condemnation from several high profile conservatives for dining with a white nationalist, found himself in hot water again over the weekend when he claimed fresh talk of Twitter's handling of a controversial story about Hunter Biden's Hunter Biden meant parts of the Constitution should be disregarded so he could return to the White House. Let's talk about that. Over on Twitter, Trump said, the fake news is actually trying to convince the American people that I said I wanted to terminate the Constitution. This is simply more disinformation. Simply put, if an election is irrefutably, irrefutably fraudulent, it should, it should go to the rightful winner or at minimum be redone. Where open and blatant fraud is involved, there should be no time limit for change. Bro, it's been two years. Two years. Man. It's been two years. Donald Trump had an option to focus on winning in 2024. He's instead decided to focus on just complaining about 2020. That will be his legacy. All right. It ain't convincing me. But let me show you what we got going on here over on Predict It. Donald Trump. Predict It says, who will win the 2024 U.S. presidential election? Trump fell to third place. That's amazing. Ron DeSantis has about 30% more uh, uh, than Trump. And uh, uh, Joe Biden, slightly above Ron DeSantis. You got to be kidding me. Joe Biden predicted as favoring Joe Biden to win in 2024. This is why I'm saying, man, James Woods, you can't dip out, man. You are a powerful, influential voice, a high profile celebrity. But I can't blame you. He's an older guy. I am a younger man. So maybe it's easier for me to say that I will stay in the fray. And uh, it's easier for James Woods to say, look, I can't do it. Plus, he's got a lawsuit. Okay, so maybe that's that's the important reason. But Joe Biden, look how old he is. Donald Trump, look how old he is. Kirstie Alley, rest in peace, 71. Also sticking around. We need these voices. We need influential people to stick around and push back and say, No. Donald Trump is doing what Donald Trump does, but Donald Trump is not the most effective communicator in that regard. All right. At least I should say that uh, the media is certainly lying. But I want to show you what Donald Trump is saying versus what Abraham Lincoln did. One of the most controversial things Lincoln did while he was president involved the suspension of the writ of habeas corpus, a constitutional guarantee of one's rights to take legal action against unlawful detention. This is from NPS.gov. 
On April 27, 1861, in an attempt to quell the Southern Rebellion, Lincoln suspended habeas corpus for disloyal persons who could not be adequately restrained by the ordinary processes of law. Now, the Constitution states the privilege of the writ of habeas corpus may be suspended in cases of rebellion or invasion. Many believe that President Lincoln had gone too far without congressional approval. And then they're going to say, but he really did love the Constitution. Yeah, desperate times call for desperate measures, as they say. So here we sit on the precipice. Elon Musk uncovering absolute malfeasance. Government actors. Let me show you this Michael Tracy tweet. Yoel Roth said he had weekly meetings with FBI, DHS, etc. throughout 2020 and was warned to look out for hacked material involving Hunter Biden. Even if no state actor directly intervened in the censorship, it's a red herring. He was already primed to do their bidding. I mean, sure, but Michael, I would just say this is them directly intervening. This is the FBI going and pushing their thumb on the scale, knowing what will happen. That's how you do it. They're not going to go and be like, hey, by the way, if a story comes out, delete it. They're going to be like, by the way. And it happens. And of course, the creepo establishment media is desperately trying to run cover up. The readout blog, Elon Musk's first Twitter manipulation effort was a big flop. James Woods bowing out at a time when we have to deal with this. I will stress it again. James may need to bail out for legal reasons, but he probably should have just tweeted, I'm going to be entering litigation, so I will be going radio silent for, you know, for those reasons. Instead, what he really did was a bit demoralizing. I'm not trying to rag on the guy. I'm a fan. You know, not just of his, it was Hades and Hercules, never forget. But um, I, I was watching another movie, and a movie from like the 80s or 90s with James Woods in it. I can't remember what it was. But, but uh, uh, to see this sends a bad message. Look, I got a good life. I don't need to do this. Man, I wish I could say the same. I got a good life. Got a nice car, got a skate park. I could just turn it all off and just, I'd be set for life. You get to a certain point, you don't need to risk everything. Look, I know a lot of people, there's, there's no way to say things without people attacking you or praising you, right? So let me just put it this way. We're tremendously successful here at TimCast because of the content that we've produced, the shows we've had, the guests we've had, but it's all related to what you as viewers and members are willing to support. With the mass support of so many people, it allows us to live and operate comfortably. But with the politics comes the discomfort, the swatting, the threats, the attacks. There is the absolute reality of being able to just say, eh, you know what, I've done enough, but I can't do that. I, I'm fearful what the future of this country may bring. Someone's got to call out the lies. MSNBC writes this story. I will show you Michael Tracy posting an FEC.gov document proving government involvement in this. Meanwhile, MSNBC, which is not NewsGuard certified, lies to you. We need as many people as possible highlighting that, calling it out and standing up. And with all of the good that comes from your support comes the negative from the detractors who want us dead. I am not someone who needs to have cast castle and cars and any of that. Never have been. And it's remarkable to be how many people tell me I'm wrong. No, seriously. You know, behind the scenes conversations often drift into stuff like this. And recently I'm talking to someone and said, you look, you look, man, with the stuff we've been getting, it's, it's tough because I don't need any of this. Like, I don't need the material possessions. I do this because I believe in it. I do this because it's an important battle 
I do it because I want people to live well. I believe in freedom. A Star Trek-like future. Captain Picard, man. Oh, don't you rag on Star Trek. I will stress this, this point. The episode where, and you really should watch it, Data the android creates an offspring. The government, an admiral, says you will hand over your child to the Federation because of the scientific importance. And then Picard, the captain, is ordered to make this happen. And he says, no, to order a man to hand over his child to the state, not on my watch. And it's just like, that's the message, man. That's the stuff I grew up watching, watched it again over and over again. This idea of the rights of the individual. That's a future that I really, really hope to see. Not to mention, man, really want to travel the stars, all that good stuff. Elon Musk, big fan. Colonize Mars, right? The only way that happens is if men of good conscience refuse to back down. So, uh, sorry for making this about me as much. Just seeing Keith Olbermann call for Trump's rendition, seeing James Woods bow out, man, it, it, it hits you, doesn't it? Like, we got these lunatics on the left, and they're, they're rabid. They won't stop. But time and time again, we see people on the right saying, you know what, I don't need this. Regular people saying, I don't want to be involved. And that's why the fervent, rabid left wins. I don't need a fancy car. I don't need a big house. I simply need a van down by the river. It's, a, it's, a, it's an SNL joke. I'm referencing Chris Farley. But in reality, the idea of having a van, I got a van, it's got a shower in it, built it years ago, mentioned on Rogan podcast. It's got a shower in it. It's got a TV in it. It's got an internet module thing up top. It's got speakers. And you could just park it wherever you want, sleep safely, hop out in the morning, skate, have some nice food, not have to stress about anything, live in anonymity and just be comfortable. But I believe in more. Seeing all of this stuff, it makes me fearful that humanity will waste its precious gifts, that this, the, the true potential of man will not be risen to. What I fear is a human legacy of failure, ideological manipulation, and people like Bill Gates and his psychotic ideas. And what I hope for is a future where, you know what, man? Star Trek really was a great uh, influence and inspiration to me as a, as a kid. In Star Trek, they explain that there was a period where there was authoritarianism. Police were heavily drugged to keep them in line. Civilization basically collapsed after a major war. And then as they were picking up the pieces after a dark age, dark, uh, after a, a, a new dark age, uh, uh, Zephrim Cochran, was that, was that his name? Invented warp, the ability to travel faster than light, which triggered the Vulcans, aliens, to take notice of humans and say, we better intervene. It's awesome storytelling. And so outside of all of that fanciful stuff, I look at the the struggles humanity faces. And I do think maybe it will take a dark period before we rise to that occasion. But in the future of Star Trek, they recognize those failures. They look back and say, can you believe what we went through to get where we are? The only way we get to a point where we are spacefaring, space colonizers of tremendous influence on the universe, if possible, is by standing up for values of classical liberalism, individuality, responsibility, personal responsibility. I also take a look at things like Starship Troopers, service guarantees citizenship. The idea that um, there is a civic duty. We only get there if we refuse to back down and that people, when I say men, I don't mean males, I mean humanity, 
when people of good values and merit refuse to back down. But it is a, an uphill battle. It is two dragons in the sky fighting in a struggle. It is yin yang. It is the, the, the dark wolf and the light wolf constantly fighting. And there's that saying, there are two wolves within you, uh, the, the evil and the good. Which one, and, and, they're, and they're fighting, which one wins? The one you feed. If those of us of good conscience back down, and I'm talking about the, the, the public sphere, I'm talking about just tweeting, I'm talking about influencing people, then it is the darkness that triumphs. Maybe we are destined to be locked into an eternal struggle. Maybe. In which case, I see many people just saying, what's the point? Fair point. I get it. But uh, I'm hopeful that there, there, there are going to be major gains and, and, and a vision of a future where humanity becomes space colonizers and brings the wonderful classical liberal values of individual, individuality and curiosity to many far off planets. There are a lot of challenges involved in that, right? We can find another planet teeming with life. It's probably going to have viruses and other crazy things that'll kill you if you go out into it. So how do we deal with stuff like that? Science and technology. But not if we have a bunch of crackpot zealots who want to burn the whole system down. All right, all right. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The new show sweeping across the nation. An adaptation, a remake of The Addams Family starring Wednesday as she goes to Nevermore Academy and... (laughs) Hijinks ensues. It is apparently bigger than Stranger Things. It's their biggest show, and uh, I think the show's okay. But unfortunately for everybody who's been cheering this show on, uh, it's racist. I know, I know. You heard the news. Your favorite new show. It's racist. Yeah, Bounding into Comics has the story. Netflix's Wednesday director Tim Burton accused of racism for series depiction of black kids as bullies. That's right. Across social media, the woke activists are outraged that in the show, there are black characters who are normal people and as such have character defects, just like every other character in the show. And anybody who actually watched the full season would know that uh, they're not actually bullies. They're actually just complex characters. And some of the good guys are bad guys, bad guys are good guys, whatever. I don't want to spoil anything. I'll spoil a little bit, I guess. It's been a couple of weeks. But uh, you've been warned as we talk about the modern state of the failures of media who doesn't, who they don't seem to understand, get well, go broke. Now, of course, I saw Glass Onion. There are some elements in it that are like kind of woke or whatever, and it's no big deal. Um, but it's not like overt beating in the head. And the show Wednesday is not overtly woke. It's the craziest thing that because of the rise of wokeness, now any depiction of a black character is racist. And I have a meme to prove it. But it's not just about Wednesday. It's about basically everything. Take a look at this. I saw this story and I thought thought it was funny. New rumor claims Marvel Studios is reevaluating its release lineup for phases five and six over concerns about poor quality. Yes, please take heed. Get woke, go broke is a tendency, not a law. Sometimes wokeness is good money, especially if they can do it right. And what I mean by that is like actually having a diverse cast of characters can be done right. The problem is it is not the, the right. It is the left that will always be angry no matter what. Well, you know, I'll put it this way, I guess. It can go either way. 
A movie that is overtly woke and beats you over the head with stupid morals like the new Craft remake as a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's going to get panned by moderates, independents, libertarian, right wing individuals who are just going to be like, yo, this is trash. And the left is going to go, oh, the messaging, the messaging is the most important thing ever. But is that who you want to win over? Something like 8% of the population? How about you make good stories that people want to watch? Okay, enough, uh, enough uh, pattering. Let's talk about what they're actually doing. Bounding into Comics says, in the latest instance of one of the most tired branches of outrage regularly propagated across social media, Netflix's new Wednesday series director Tim Burton has been accused of racism for the sole crime of depicting black characters as less than perfectly virtuous. I love it, but you know, I'll show you the meme. Hitting the streaming service on November 23rd, Wednesday follows the everyday exploits of the title Adams family character, who after being kicked out of her high school for violently retaliating against her brother's bullies, finds herself enrolled in her parents' spooky alma mater, the Nevermore Academy. And I guess, um, I don't know if the, the Adams family was always Spanish, Mexican or whatever. Gomez, I guess, you know, but Adams, I'm not sure. If, is, is that Spanish? I don't know. But they're like overtly Spanish. And uh, I will say, actually really like the show. Um, I think it's substantially better than Stranger Things, but that's not saying much because I'm not a big fan of Stranger Things. They say, though her signature stoicism and penchant for the macabre initially drives a rift between her and her new peers, Wednesday soon uh, proves herself, they put Jonah Ortega after soon, I don't know why they did that, soon proves herself more amicable than initially pres- uh, assumed when she throws herself headfirst into solving a string of murders which have paralyzed the school. Among those who are put off by Wednesday's spooky demeanor are the school's queen bee, Bianca Barclay, Joy Sunday, and the local mayor's son, Lucas Walker, Eamon Marson, both of whom start the series out by using their status to bully the new transfer before eventually coming to appreciate her. Okay, yet despite these character archetypes being rather standard for such coming-of-age tales, the fact that these two characters were portrayed by black actors, Sunday and Marson, was enough to draw tired accusations of racism across both the streaming platform and, ostensibly, because his was the only name the outrage could easily recognize, the aforementioned Burton, who helmed the series' first four episodes. This is absolutely amazing. There is nothing inherently racialized about these characters. These are characters that are regular people that are neither good nor bad. They're just people. They're, well, they're actually probably good characters, to be completely honest. I don't want to spoil too much. But the, by, by virtue of them simply looking away, woke activists are angry. But this trope is a little tired, isn't it? I almost just didn't bother to even talk about this. The story was came out yesterday. The tweets have been coming out for weeks because aren't we beyond all of this? D- is this stuff still happening? When I saw that Marvel was reevaluating what was going on, when I saw that they may actually do an all-female, re- a female-led reboot of Pirates of the Caribbean, I said, okay, they have not learned their lessons. Get woke, go broke, please just stop. Okay. The show Wednesday did nothing wrong. I actually think it's, it's fairly okay. I don't think it's the best show ever made. I think it's better than Stranger Things. But the woke activists, that's who I'm talking about. They need to just stop. Or you know what? Fine. Keep doing what you're doing. Let these franchises burn themselves to the ground, and then we can move on to something new. Here we go. Here's, here's a series of tweets. Why is the black girl in Wednesday's school an aggressive bully, though? Hmm. Tim Burton is a known racist. No surprises there. <laughs> oh, man. Another person said, mom's making me watch Wednesday 
And so far, all the black characters have been villains. Awesome job, Tim. You really showed how not racist you are, slash sarcasm. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One person says, Tim Burton, not racist, huh? In Wednesday, the boats in the Poe Cup are named after Edgar Allan Poe stories. The black character Bianca is on the gold bug team. The gold bug is the only Poe story that features a black character, a particularly dumb slave named Juniper. Are you kidding me with this? Uh-oh. Deceptiqueer says, Love Wednesday, but really caught me off guard that they made a black family the owner of a pilgrim-themed amusement park. <laughs> and the only two black characters we see with any lines in episode one are both hostile and aggressive bullies for no reason. Bianca's still a baddie, though. I don't care. I love her. Uh, what else do we have? But see, here's another person. Ten Cents says, but see, when I said this, everyone said I was trying to villainize Bianca because she's dark skin, like Tim didn't set her up as the mean girl so people could dislike her. It's intentional. Okay, I'm not going to read all these. It just keeps going on and on and on and on and on. They say, notably, many of Burton's detractors were quick to point to his 2016 pushback against the concept of superficial force diversity in media. Quote, nowadays, people are talking about it more. The Batman 1989 director explained to Bustle's Rachel Simon while on the press circuit, blah, 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 blah. Things either call for things or they don't. I remember back when I was a child watching the Brady Bunch and they started to get all politically correct. Like, OK, let's have an Asian child and, and, and a black. I used to get more offended by by that than just I grew up watching black black exploitation movies. Right. And I said, that's great. I didn't go like, OK, there should be more white people in these movies. Jenna Ortega as Wednesday. Okay, there's like spoilers here, I guess. All right, I'm going to show you a meme. I'm going I'm, I'm to show you a meme. It's a meme y'all have maybe seen. So on the left is a series of pink-haired women who are crying in each one. The first one, she's watching on TV a black man who's all ripped with a gun pointed at a white man. She says, that's racist. Why is the black guy the villain? Below it, it's inverted. Now there's a white man pointing a gun at a black man. And she says, that's racist. Why does the black guy have to get shot? The third one shows a black man pointing a gun at a black man. And she says, that's racist. Why is it only black people killing each other? And the last one is a white guy pointing a gun at a white person. And she says, that's racist. Why are there no black people in this movie? Yes, that's the point. No matter what, there will be people claiming all of it is racist. As for number two, it says, why does the black guy have to get shot? Actually, I would I would say that criti the criticism uh, better applied there is in the Netflix adaptation when Bianca is in the gold bug, they say, but that's the only book by Edgar Allan Poe story that has a black person and he's dumb. What you're seeing there with the white person pointing the gun at the black person, the, the criticism there would be like, why are they making the black characters so inept? Why are they making them weak? Why are they making them victims? They should be strong. You know, there's no solution. Here's here's your here's a solution, I guess. And it's probably still not going to work. Have two villains, one white guy, one black guy, and two victims, one white guy and one black guy. Uh, no, actually, that's not fair because Asian people, you know, Indian people. So how about 
I got it. I think I got it. I can make the perfect movie. All right. You've got a Chinese villain, a black villain, a Mexican villain, an Arabic villain, and a white villain. Wait, and a native, an indigenous villain and, and aboriginal. Is that the right word? I'm trying to be nice. All teaming up. And they formed an evil global cabal where they're like, with all of our diversity, we'll take over the world. But then there's a team of secret agents dispatched by every region. And so the heroes are also, there's a Mexican hero. There's an Arabic hero. There's an Asian hero. There's a white hero. There is a Native American one and an Aboriginal. And then I guess technically, to be fair, you can't just lump all Asians together. So we need an Indian guy like like, you know, uh, East Indian. We need a Japanese guy. And then, you know, the Japanese, they don't get to really get along with like the Koreans. They're all kind of race. So you need a Korean guy, too. And then actually, you know, black doesn't describe the entirety of, of Africa or the Caribbean islands. So you need a Haitian guy. And then white. What does that really mean? I mean, Italian guy versus Mediterranean. South Mediterranean versus like a Slavic guy. Totally different. We'll need two of those guys. How about we just do like an Avengers scene where you have all of the villains of every possible race and all of the heroes of every possible race and they all start fighting. And then in the end, the only ones to survive are one of each. Is that really the world we're going to be living in? It's the only way to do it, I guess. I suppose the other answer is just use like ethnically ambiguous characters where it's like you look at them and you're like, I can't tell if they're black, Asian, Jewish, white, Indian. How, do, how can you do it? You, you literally can't. And then they also we're, we're getting into this circular history of, of this stuff. So I was I was researching this and I found this story. No, Mickey Mouse was not inspired by a racist character named Jigaboo. So this guy posted on Facebook. Mickey Mouse was a remake of a character named Jigaboo who was made to mock black people. And I used to like Mickey Mouse shaking my head. 9,500 shares. This fact check is from, what's the date on this fact check? It's probably from a while ago, to be completely honest. Uh, March 2019. The reason I highlight this one. Here's what happened. The real story is that this character was made, I believe it was in 1994. Did they say? Yeah. A 1994 uh, painting. And it was critical because what they say is, Mickey Mouse actually is based off minstrel shows. And if you think about it, like, why is he all black with white gloves? And apparently the story is, and I don't even know if this is true, that minstrel shows were really popular, very racist. You know, we, we, we got over that stuff. We as Americans, we don't like that. And people really liked those shows. But as they were losing favor and they started working towards cartoons, they said, how can we incorporate these elements while getting away from the racial you know, elements that people are not too happy with? And so they took elements like the white gloves and the black skin, and they made characters like the Animaniacs, and they made characters like Mickey Mouse. I think the Animaniacs were ultimately derivative of things like Mickey Mouse or whatever. I don't know. The argument from the left is that they're, they're um, taking elements of the minstrel shows while trying to get away from it. I got to be honest. If, uh, if that is the case, that society was like, okay, we don't like that there was a racial element to this. Let's just make it a mouse. That, that's politically correct. It's funny. So Mickey Mouse, politically correct, but not politically correct enough, is now being roasted when in fact it's not true. They say, uh, 1948, Walt Disney wrote an essay in which he described how the famous mouse came to be. He popped out of my mind onto a drawing pad 20 years ago on a train ride from Manhattan to Hollywood at the time. One of my brothers were in a lowest ebb. A disaster seemed right around the corner. His daughter found uh, and founder of the museum, Diane Disney Miller, 
quoted the blog post. It was on that long train ride that dad conceived of a new cartoon subject, a mouse who was then refined and further developed. While it's wrong to say Mickey was inspired by a racist character named Jigaboo, numerous film historians have suggested that Mickey Mouse and other early American cartoon characters were influenced by 19th century minstrel performers. The minstrels who painted their faces black and uh, faces black and lips red in mockery of black people wore white gloves like Mickey. Film lovers have long debated whether or not Walt Disney was racist or anti-Semitic, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't care. So I'm not going to say I know. That's the argument that's been made. But let me just stress this. The argument from the historians is that Mickey Mouse is all black with white gloves because it is derivative of minstrel shows. However, if it was, in fact, to be racist like they were trying to be, they would not have made him a mouse. They would have just made him into a black character. Now, there's a bunch of stuff in Disney movies that have racist stereotypes and racial connotations and things like that because society changes. But they won't let you change. The woke activists are seeking to be outraged for no real reason, in my opinion. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're ready. They don't learn their lessons. They don't learn their lessons from Ghostbusters. They're not going to learn their lessons from pirates. And I assure you, not only is Pirates of the Caribbean already just beaten, just beaten into to, to, to paste on the floor and, un, and, and worthy of nothing, like the first Pirates of the Caribbean was just so good. Iconic memes, etc. And instead of making good movies, they decided just rehash jokes and then they made a bunch of garbage. It's a bummer, I guess. But now they want to do a female-led reboot. Jerry Bruckheimer believes female-led reboot will still come forward at some point. There's a few reasons why the first Pirates of the Caribbean was good. For the first time in a long time, we had original IP, original lore, creepy, good story elements, Johnny Depp's depiction of, uh, of Jack Sparrow, original and amazing, a new character, and Jeffrey Rush as Barbosa. Talk about great stuff. The pacing was good. The story was good. The twist was good. You know, it's like they got the story where it starts, where the gold falls in the water or whatever, and then the pulse happens, and then they, they start coming to the port. They want that last piece of gold. They want to lift the curse. Talk about memes. When Jeffrey Rush's character comes out and he goes, you best start believing in ghost stories. You're in one. And now we use that line, uh, or a lot of people use it. I use it periodically. You best start believing in dystopian futures. You're in one. Or dystopian future stories or whatever. It's amazing. Then they did Dead Man's Chest. It had no ending. There was no story. Let me me tell you what made it, what's satisfying. I I like watching a movie and then having a story play out. So in the first Pirates of the Caribbean, you are introduced to Jack Sparrow. Um, it's, he's, you see that he's funny. You know, that he's, he's weird and all that stuff. And in the end, he gets his revenge. I mean, let me just tell you how great it was. In the beginning, when he's got the, the when he gets, when he, free, when he rescues Keira Knightley's character, Miss Swan, and then they capture him and he's like, he's like, you know, pistol with no second shot. You are the worst pirate I've ever heard of, but you have heard of me. Like great lines. And then when he's in the fight with Will Turner for the first time and he grabs the gun and he's like, this shot is not meant for you. It's like, what is it? What is it? And then in the end, you, you, you like you see exactly what it was for. He shoots Barbosa, and then he goes, after all these years, you, you, you waste your shot. And then Will says he didn't waste it and drops the coin. And then Barbosa bleeds out and dies. Man, that was good. 
And then they, you know, we get this original IP and then what do they do? They make garbage afterwards. The next film, it's like at the end of the movie, it's like, I'm back. And you're like, why is he alive? And then like, what happens? There's like no story. There's no twist. There's nothing. Some of it doesn't even make sense. Like he has the compass. Then all of a sudden the compass, like he can't give it away, but then it makes no sense. I don't know. And they just keep making these movies. And it's and it's it's kind of sad. Now what? They're going to do another Indiana Jones. Already the new Indiana Jones are talking about a female led reboot. And it's just does. It's not going to work. Hunger Games was awesome. I like Hunger Games. Let me tell you about what Hunger Games is. I was reading this tweet thread that talked about it. Hunger Games should have been like the conservative, you know, the rallying cry. It's a story about decadent, degenerate city types who drink Ipecac to vomit and then eat more while hardworking rural folks are being oppressed. This it's female led. This young woman doesn't want to be involved in war. She wants to be left alone and she's forced to topple the degenerate liberal enterprise of capital city. It's amazing, you know. And I was reading about how conservatives didn't cheer for it and they should have. That's the kind of stuff they should be they should be pushing for. And it was targeting young people, inspiring young people to like protect their families and reject modernity. Like it was so traditionalist is funny. The excesses of the capital and the goofy looking purple haired people. <laughs> it's like pure conservative propaganda. So that's how you do a female led movie. Right. But that's not what they're going to do. Look, maybe they'll do something good, I guess. With uh, Glass Onion, you had one of the lead characters, this like tech entrepreneur black woman who's like wronged. And it's not woke to have a character like that. It was very, very well done. They didn't beat you over the head and say something like white people, snap, snap, snap. It was just a bunch of characters of different types. Now, I suppose you can argue they did the whole thing where like the white man is really dumb and stupid and unworthy. And like that's where there's some wokeness in Glass Onion. Like a tech, there's like a tech billionaire, but he's, it turns out he's actually dumb and, and, and the black woman was actually smart. They don't beat you over the head with it, though. And that's why I thought it was good, because that's the kind of stuff I don't mind. It's like, bro, I don't care if you're going to have a character who happens to be black and happen to be good, bad or otherwise. I don't care if you have a white character that happen to be good, bad, stupid, whatever. It is really annoying when they do like the Ghostbusters all female reboot. And they make all of the male characters morons and evil. And, and like all of the female characters are just so smart and capable. And it's like, dude, just give me characters of varying types, right? In Hunger Games, you have guys who are strong, girls who are strong, female led. But then there's bad, evil dudes and there's good dudes. It's just like they make characters. You know what I mean? What was the guy's name? Like Cinna, who was helping her and made her clothes and the cat that kidnapped and beat him. Or I think they killed him, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, you get the point. You know what I'd like to see? I understand why these movie companies want to do female-led reboots or whatever. They want to make money. It's like the scene in Avengers Endgame when it shows all of the female Avengers characters like marching and then people in the theater are like, woo. The people in my theater groaned. I thought that was really funny. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's like because of where I was. I think I saw that I was in like Western Maryland and the whole audience was in the theater was just like, oh, like we get it. Women exist, but they had to go and do it. Well, they don't learn, I guess. Glass Onion was not bad. It was, it was okay. But they're really going to do this? Maybe they are learning with this uh, uh, Marvel stuff. They're realizing that, like, Natalie Portman, Mighty Thor was just super cringe. Maybe they got to make a change. 
Because if you keep doing stuff like this, it's not going to work. It's poor quality. It's botched is one way to put it. Well, we'll see. We'll see what they do. Lady Thor. Oh, yes. She's a Thor. It's so weird. She's like, she's like, I'm a Thor. It's like, dude, what? What What does it even mean? Thor's his name. Whatever, man. Anyway, I like the show Wednesday. It is what it is. No, you'll never please everybody. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.